Hiring the wrong executive costs you time and money. Leveraging work psychology, Spear Consulting helps you hire the right executive so you can focus on growing your business. For a free quote, visit spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the eighth season of the Virtuous Heroes podcast. Um, Mark, Dr. Mullins, thank you so much for being our guest for today's episode and kicking off the eighth season. It's been a wild ride. Um, have had many different leaders from many different sectors on the podcast. Today, you'll be our first uh, public education superintendent, so that's wildly exciting. You'll join the ranks of various nonprofit CEOs, healthcare CEOs, healthcare leaders, etc. So um, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast and uh, just the witness of your life to you know, going from a, a math teacher to a superintendent and, and all the ways that you've been able to, you know, love and serve both children and families um, is incredibly inspiring. So excited to be able to dive into that some more today. Our first question always is, who are you? Help us get a 10,000 foot level for people listening to the podcast today. Uh, well, first, thank you, Chris, for the for the invitation, the opportunity to join you and join so many others in this conversation around uh, virtuous, being virtuous heroes, being virtuous leaders in a, in uh, in the world today. Um, so, I am a lifelong educator, uh, public educator. Uh, kind of an unusual story. Um, many people don't know. I actually attended private school first through 12th grade. Um, and not far from your neck of the woods, Chris, actually, Wheaton Academy. You may have heard it in uh, West Chicago, Illinois. And uh, it's an interesting journey how I ended up going into public education, but uh, we'll get into that. Most recently, I have served as the superintendent of schools, uh, Brevard Public Schools in Brevard County, Florida. Brevard County is, uh, Brevard Public Schools is the 11th largest school district in the state of Florida and the 51st largest school district in the United States. And interestingly, I began my, really, I began my education career with Brevard Public Schools in 1994, as you indicated, as a high school math teacher. Um, uh, folks have said, did you ever think you were going to be a superintendent uh, when you were a teacher? I said, absolutely not. I was just worried about getting my bulletin board done and getting my lesson plans turned in. Uh, so it's uh, it's been a, a God journey for sure uh, over these many years. And uh, it, it's been it's been a blessing. Um, God has put amazing stories in my path and throughout my journey that uh, perhaps we can talk about a little bit today to be an encouragement to others. But um, uh, it's uh, it's been a blessing as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, you know, for those of us that are joining uh, via uh, podcast outlets, you're not able to see Mark's uh, amazing uh, tan. That's, that's uh, being in Florida. Those that are on YouTube get to get to enjoy all this glory. But uh, I'm jealous, brother, of it uh, being like super overcast and like 52 degrees and, and cloudy today in well, Chicago. There's well, no there's no suntanning at any time soon in our in our weather forecast over here. Don't be too jealous. It comes from having to do the yard work all year round when oh, you don't. Okay. Do so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but you're also married with some kiddos, right? 
Yes. Um, been married for 35 years. Ooh, uh, let's go. My, yes. So good. Uh, my life partner and my best friend. Um, we met in our late teens, 1920, and got married within a year of knowing each other. And uh, a lot of folks were very skeptical that this was going to this was going to work out. But um, we knew God blessed it. And uh, we made a commitment not to not only to each other, but to but to God in our relationship. And we're blessed with three kids. Um, our oldest daughter and her husband are public school educators as well. My daughter is also a math teacher. I wonder where she got that from. Her husband's a science teacher. We are so blessed. They just adopted uh, our first grandson, wow. uh, Wade. Wade is uh, about three years old, three and a half. And grandparenthood is everything that everyone says it is. It's amazing and it's a blessing. I used to say, oh, it can't be that great. Oh, but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, absolutely rocks my world. And uh, uh, when you hear the words grandpa, it's pretty awesome. So uh, fortunate to have that in our lives. Our, our middle son is married as well. And he serves in the army. He's a first lieutenant in, at Fort Bragg. Uh, he and his bride were just married last August. So uh, they're a blessing. Um, And uh, then our youngest daughter uh, is also married. She just had her one year anniversary about a week ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, her and her husband are at Fort Irwin. He is also in the military. He's a second lieutenant and uh, they're out in Southern California for Fort Irwin. So we have three kids all married in three different states and none of them is Florida. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> wow and so we're uh, racking up some frequent flyer miles there you go i know you know when we had connected uh last year that you were just coming off of the the road tour of visiting all of them so good for you for being a uh, amazing father in that way and and grad granddaddy now too um you know i guess the question that i feel like i'm being prompted to ask you as a follow-up to that is is um you know you got married like very early and in today's society where people are living together for years on end before ever getting married if they do get married or even kind of avoiding marriage um what can you say to those people that are that are not kind of open to to marriage in that way and also can you speak to a little bit about it sounds like you had mentioned that like you guys felt like a really big blessing and call to marriage at a young age just curious if you guys were both believers at the time that you guys got married. We were uh, both believers. We both knew the Lord. Um, I would suggest my wife's walk with the Lord at the time we met was stronger and greater signs of uh, fruits of the Spirit than mine. Okay. Um, and uh, and if I'm honest, I when, when we met, I can remember uh, kneeling next to the bed and saying, God, thank you for this amazing woman you brought into my life. And uh, I know I need to get things right with you because I don't want to lose this amazing woman. And uh, and just kind of rededicate my life to the Lord. And we, we began walking out our relationship. And we just knew within six months that we were supposed to be together. Um, you know, uh, we, we, we talked about how do we know? Uh, one, it first comes, you know, God confirms. Um, and, you know, what are the signs of, of that confirmation? One is uh, 
you know, being balanced, um, bringing out the best in each other um, consistently, um, being able to be honest with one another and encourage up and, and you know, coach up when, when it was needed. And so we just quickly found we had those things and we weren't going to, we didn't see the need or necessity to wait to uh, to get married, and it was an adventure. I I was twenty years old. My wife's a year older than me, and um, at the time, I did not have a college degree. In fact, hmm. I had really failed at my first attempts at college, and wow. So we can go there too if uh, if that's where the conversation takes us, but. Uh, you know, God walked it all walked up with us throughout all of it, and um, there's like I like uh, like I've said, there's some pretty cool God stories along the way. Well, you that's interesting that you bring that up because now you're sitting with a doctorate in education, and um, so what do you mean you didn't kind of hit it the first time around? Help me better <laughs> understand what you mean by that. Well, I you know I went to a so let's let's go all the way back to high school first. Um, I mentioned I went to Wheaton Academy. It was a college prep school. It was a it was a Christian school. My parents, uh, at a young uh, at, at a young age in, uh, in my life, felt very convicted to send their kids, me and my younger sister, to private school. And uh, I was not a I was not a consistently serious student. I didn't blow off school. I knew how I knew it was important. I wanted to honor my parents. I knew how much financial commitment they had made, but I just didn't understand the value of education at that time in my life. And interestingly, so my parents valued education, but even more so a Christian education. Hmm. Neither of my parents were college educated. Um, in fact, I was the first college earning person in my family, and I there were five kids um, with uh, uh, with my parents. And so you're one of five, or uh, one you're one of five, right? One of five, yeah. And so I this is the reason I'm going all the way back here is because it really is what made me realize the value of college education, and then ultimately public ed. Okay. Because I was in a college prep school, I was among a social group that there were just, it was a very affluent school, and there was just this expectation that everybody in my class would go on to college after high school. Yet, I didn't have a family home structure that, that knew how to navigate that. My parents didn't know what SAT, ACT was. They didn't know what FAFSA was. I had to navigate that on my own and um, it was difficult. And, but I did it, I kind of stumbled into, well, all of my peers are taking the ACT, I guess I'm supposed to also. And my counselor would say, okay, if you're thinking of college, you fill out the FAFSA. You need to do this at home with your parents. And I remember sitting in our family room and on coffee tables, uh, TV trays, working on this FAFSA thing. It was all paper pencil or paper pen back then. So I did those things because it was what 
I was experiencing around me. I just thought that's what I was supposed to do. I didn't understand why, and I didn't understand the value. So I finished high school and I tried um, community college and it, it didn't go well. I didn't have the structures around me to kind of keep me on track. Um, tried a, a small university. Again, uh, just never caught on to the value of what I was, the why. And uh, then I met my wife and I was like, well, gosh, I got to be a responsible guy and um, gotta, we're going to have a family someday. And like, maybe I should get serious about this college. I guess I'm seeing what my work earning potential is without college. And I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is going to be tough. And so I got serious and I, I went from barely passing classes to being an A student and went on to, uh, Florida state university got my undergraduate degree in math education. Um, that's another whole interesting story because that's not what my original plan was. But um, I discovered the joy of learning and the value of that learning that it can have not only in my own life, but in others' lives through teaching and then ultimately modeling that joy of learning, that experience of learning for my kids. But I'll share this, this additional piece. Some have asked, well, how did you end up in public? Why didn't you go private school? Why not be a private school math teacher or a private school administrator? And my beginning teaching experiences were in the public education system. And as I was looking back to my own experience, I realized that the only reason I had even an inkling to do college, whether it's ACT, FAFSA, or even apply and go to some classes, was because that was my social structure around me. It wasn't my home structure. Came from a very loving home and supportive home. Don't want to take that away from it. They just, not having been through college, they didn't know how to navigate that for me or with me. And I realized that kids in private school are likely going to have the structures around them. They're going to lead them to a pathway of college and the opportunities of post-secondary, whether it's a four-year degree or whether it's trade certification uh, programs. And I said, I want to provide that support, that experience, that structure for kids in the public school system. Because my anticipation, my experience early on was they weren't all having those experiences. They were coming from homes like me that didn't know how to navigate them, navigate college for them. And but for the school system, they wouldn't find their way to college. And so I felt it was my responsibility then to be that structure, that support system for kids who came from homes like I did, parents were not college educated and so on, and may not be able to find their way without some help and support. So that's what really inspired me and drove me to, to be a public school educator. Yeah. And it's Laurel, right? Yes. So I don't know. The one thing that I'm just feeling like <clears throat> as I'm just hearing your story that I feel like God's speaking on my heart about is, is just the commitment to relationship. As you mentioned, like, you know, being in relationship with Laurel for 35 years, correct? 
Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I just uh, encourage people listening today that there's so much power to consistency and making a commitment in relationships that, you know, so many people, Dr. Mullins, speak about many times in their lives that God puts people, mentors in their lives, specific people at the time that they needed it most to help them to grow and develop. And Laurel definitely, um, oh man, I'm just getting hit by the Holy Spirit, but I feel like Laurel specifically has been that for you. Like, as you were talking about, like, you know, there's many times where you have to coach each other up, uh, be able to share that critical feedback to help grow. I know that's been consistent in my walk with Hannah as well. So many of the ways that she's, you know, helped me to, to grow and, and, uh, rise up and, you know, um, not to slink among challenges, but to rise to the occasion. And so, yeah, I just speak that over the audience today that if you're presently, um, if you are in a relationship and you feel like, you know, like that, that you, that this is the right one, that you make that commitment to moving right. from just living together to actually, you know, uh, asking to, to be in a marital relationship with them. Cause there is so much power to, you know, commitment in that way. And that God wants to bless our relationships when we have our order correctly in our lives and that we put him first and that we're not just in a relationship for the sake of pleasure seeking, but that we can give glory and honor to God. And so, yeah, I just, uh, Dr. Mullins, I just, you know, pray a blessing over you and Laurel that the uh, next 35 is going to be as strong and even more wild and exciting than the first 35. And I thank you as well for your commitment to living a kingdom relationship and one that, you know, points back to our father in the way that you've been able to commit to one another in that way. So thank you for sharing that as well. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for that encouragement. And, um, you know, hundred percent, I, I, uh, Laurel and I have are a team and, you know, marriage is not always utopic, just like teams aren't always firing in all cylinders. But it, but it takes commitment. I mean, it, it takes reminding yourself of your covenant to the other person, to God, to, okay, how, how, do, how, do we, how do we work toward our best for each other with God's help? And I mean, there have been so many times I've come home and said, I don't know how I can do this. And Laurel will just say, I get it. Let's, I, but I got you. And let me pray with you. And then there are other times that I say, I say to my wife, we got this mm. with God. Let me, let me pray for us together. And, and so it's, it's knowing that there's going to be times and experiences where it's not going to, it's going to be tough and rough and not pretty. And, um, but if, if you, what Laurel and I are learning right now and our relationship is seeking to be in tune with each other's emotion and work and encourage each other to ultimately the emotion God wants us to have all the time, which is his joy mm. and what's keeping us from that joy. So, you know, we do check-ins and if we, 
if I see Laurel maybe not at the at the the place of joy that I know she wants and can be at, then I say, okay, what other emotions are you struggling with right now? Let's let's talk about. You know, we, we're working through this. Uh, this is probably not how we were supposed to go, but you know, the conversation is going the direction it's supposed to, right? Um, just this this life lessons with God that study, and um, you know, sometimes we got to work through the emotions and, and get there. So, hey, 35 years, uh, we've been through a lot together, but we're not done going through things together. Hmm. And, um, and it, it, um, it's, it's a, it's a blessing and the, it's a blessing to have 35 years. Um, I know my best friend so, so well, and she knows me super well and that's awesome and so anyway thanks for the affirmation and i encourage those who are listening as well if you're struggling in your relationship or you're wondering if it's the right relationship um just openly talk through it together uh harboring feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. on your own and not coming together and saying, okay, and being vulnerable and saying, this is where I'm at in this moment. We need to talk through, we need to pray through what's going on right now. Cause, and um, that's what's, that's what's worked for us. But there's been bumps, there's been gaps. It's, there's been silence. Um, but uh, praise God, we've always come back together. So. Well, you uh, <clears throat> really read my spirit in that way because that was one of the ways that I really struggled uh, with one of my vices growing up. It's really sick and twisted. I don't even want to get into it, but you know, um, part of some of the the challenges that come along with being an adult child of an alcoholic is like you're you're um, timidus and being scared about conflict because you learn early that if you enter into conflict, that it can create um, anger or emotions that you don't want to have, you know, yelling and screaming. Um, So, you know, usually, you know, if I'm being honest, I don't really think I've ever admitted this publicly, but oftentimes I would just like cheat on a significant other instead of having to deal with breaking, like, and doing it in a way that was public because like thinking like if I just get caught, then I basically don't have to break up with them. They'll just break up with me. It's like so sick and perverted. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, just so sad. And I think now just thinking kind of like into the type of, you know, and when I'm bringing that up, I'm talking about like, you know, in essence, like in my teens and in, in my early twenties and now, you know, being able to be healed of that and being able to grow significantly in doing exactly what you're saying of like, I can't begin to tell you how many times that, you know, just if, if there's something that Hannah's doing something that's hurting my feelings of just being able to be like, you know, when you do this, I feel this way and her to do the same thing and to have that candor and transparency. It just is, is like the platform of honesty that allows you each other to be able to grow and develop through that. And yeah, I can't second enough of like, you know, if there are, if there is someone struggling, whether that be a working relationship, whether that be a marital relationship, whatever any relationship just you know have the have the courage to share those feelings because that's really where the magic happens and growth will happen um but yeah so dr mullins shared some of my own kind of you know one of the vices that i had to 
you know, overcome. Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, conflict avoidance is a big one for me and having to learn how to enter into healthy conflict. What have been some of the vices that you've had to overcome in order to be the leader that you are today? You know, that's, uh, we may need a separate podcast to cover all of them, right? Um, but probably the one that keeps coming around to me is is control, is uh, power, is, um, you know, just orchestrating what, how things need to happen. And, you know, I have to be, I have to be honest that, Laurel's had to say to me so gently, I mean, that's just her, that's her personality. Sweetheart, you don't need to be an administrator at home. Mm. Wow. And um, so, um, but in, in my, you know, I, I take this work so seriously. Um, I've kind of adopted the model. Every student counts, every moment matters. And I don't want to miss any opportunity to provide a kid what the opportunity that they need, the support they need, the feedback, the inspiration, the challenge, the hand up. Um, you know, I I so I, I challenge young leaders, aspiring administrators. I say, don't take for granted your opportunity in the classroom. Because as a teacher, you just may be the only person who can help a kid learn this standard, this, this concept that no one else can. I mean, you could be the only one. And then that could be the pathway or the gate, opening the gate for their, their next opportunity. As an administrator, it goes that you just may be the only administrator who can open the gate for this teacher to impact and, and, and influence kids' lives. So, you know, I, um, I've, I've had it said that um, I can come across intense sometimes. And uh, so I had to catch myself um, and remind myself that in the midst of serving kids, we're still in the people business. And just like the relationships we talk about at home, we need to nurture and those relationships with the people that we work with, that we lead, um, that we have the opportunity to inspire. So that's the one I, I have to come back around to, um, to make sure that I'm not putting performance before people. Um, that makes sense. Have you been feeling unfulfilled? You want to be happy, but just continue to struggle. One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity I've grown to love, River of Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel, knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit riverlightchicago.org. Again, riverlightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. It does. <clears throat> so help me to process what does 
administrative, what does administrator Mark at home that needs to tone <laughs> it down look like? <laughs> um, yeah, I've been known to have pretty detailed to-do lists and schedules for people and what they we need to get done and what we have to have ready. And um, there've uh, been pretty uh, um, agendas and, and schedules made for the home and for our kids. And, you know, um, my wife at the same time, when she's, when she wants to talk, she often just needs a listener, not the problem solver. And <laughs> so she'll go into this conversation. My, my wife is a hairstylist and she'll share a, a, a struggle she she had with a client in the conversation or what happened with what they wanted for with their hair. And I quickly want to go to, okay, well, this is what we need. Let's get the, the uh, let's put some structure in place so that next time you don't have it. And she's like, sweetheart, I, I love that you're here hearing me, but you're, um, you're only listening to me. You're really not hearing me. I just need you to hear me. And uh, so um, she lovingly reminds me and, and she'll do the same thing when, you know, the kids come to me and um, you know, <laughs> the, the, the kids would give me a hard time. They're like, um, dad, you're playing Mr. Principal. Um, we want dad back. And, um, and, and it was okay. And, um, sometimes I need to go for a walk or go for a run and like release and let go of that part of, uh, my DNA, because that's what I was, I wasn't, I did, that's not what I needed to be in that moment at home. So, um, you know, for, for young leaders, I think that is a, is a common susceptible problem uh, for young leaders. Don't forget relationships at home. Don't need the same person you are at work. Um, and uh, don't be the problem solver before you, you uh, be the, the listener and uh, hear your loved ones. I have to ask the question just because it's something that I'm kind of noodling around with having, you know, executed a little bit of this at home. Have you ever done the mission, vision, and values for the Mullins family? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Laurel and I periodically will go on a uh, marriage, like a a marriage vision retreat. Just the two of us will go away. And we'll like realign, okay, what are, what is our what is our vision? What is our purpose? What is our household vision? And um, I'm a I'm a strategic planner. I, that that's one of my administrative strengths. And so I want like uh, objectives and goals and metrics and and again, Laurel lovingly, you know, asked me to tone it down a little bit. And um, so um well, I shouldn't share this story. If my son listens, he'll be very frustrated with me, but I, I will anyway. Uh, my son, he wanted to go to the Naval Academy very terribly. So much so, it was the only school he would apply to. Hmm. And I said, son, we need to sit down. We need to have plan A, B, C, D, and E. Let's have a plan. Dad, I'm going to the Naval Academy. I'm going to get in. Just I, I know I'm supposed to go to the Naval Academy. 
Well, he did not do well. He was a he was a solid student. Um, he let his guard down and uh, did not do well in, in chemistry. And um, he went to his congressional interview with uh, congressmen. They looked at his, I mean, he, he had countless leadership experiences. He, he was, he's just a natural leader. It's not a surprise that he's already advancing um, in the military. But um, they, in the interview, they asked what, what happened with chemistry. And that was the deal breaker. Wow. And he, he came home and he was devastated. And it was so late. It was May. I was like, son, he's like, okay, what do I do? I want to go to what I said. You're not going to get into another college. Either you're going to go to community college here, or we need to talk about working for a year and then let's do, let's try it. And he says, um, I'm, I'm not going to go to community college. And, uh, you know, it all worked out. He went, actually, he took a gap year and went on a mission overseas mm. for a full year um, and uh, served. And it was the best thing for him. But, you know, dad wanted all of these plans. I was, I had these outlines for him and everything else. And it just wasn't where he was at at the time. And, um, you know, thank God we, we worked it out together and, and he's, he's doing amazing do an amazing job and he's working toward being a chaplain in the army actually. Wow. That's amazing. And yeah. I could see the, uh, you know, the intentionality in your family as well. So I'm sure that comes through years in uh, Laurel's leadership. So that's great. I asked you about the mission, vision and values because last Friday night we actually sat down as a family. My kids are uh, four months old, a <laughs> eight year old and a 10 year old. And, um, you know, I just, you know, we also are a blended family. So we, we have kind of two different cultures that they grow up in. Sure. And I just, I wanted to, you know, there's just some things that are kind of spilling over into our house. And I just wanted to be kind of really clear about, you know, who we are, where we're going and like, what are those values that drive our organ, like drive our family forward. And um, so our mission is to know, to love, and to serve God. Our vision is to become saints. And the values, I think there's like th five or six of them, but one of them is whistle while you work. And like the, the intentionality that like, hey, you know, we take on discipline and we want to make sure that we, you know, take care of the things that we've been put under control over. And so when we do our chores, we don't do it all grumpy, but we do it with a smile on our face. And um, so, so there's been opportunities where since doing that, they've called me on that. And I've nice. also been able to call them on that. And um, it, it has been a blessing thus far, but I, I could see how a little bit, I just think that, you know, there's a little bit difference. It's not like we're pulling out KPIs with them and just, you know, holding kids accountable in that way. But, you know, just, I, I kind of see it. Yeah. You know, I think the coaching that I'm hearing from you as it relates to this is like, you know, uh, keep it in moderation with them. And, you know, another one that one of our values is fun. And so yeah. making sure that we're, we're bringing the joy of Christ and the things that we're doing and uh, you know, just being able to be lighthearted with them in that way. And because it is family time and we're supposed to be carefree and we're supposed to have joy in the house. So so yeah, so that that's excellent. Um, Mark, 
what do you feel is some of those uh, virtues where you, uh, that you've been naturally kind of gifted with? I know you mentioned strategic planning and administration are some of those. Anything else that kind of, uh, you know, comes to mind when thinking about natural strengths? Yeah, I, you know, this may sound contradictory to the vice I have to work against, but maybe, um, but it's when I sit and talk with it, and I'm, I'm a, I, I'm an interpersonal person. I like one-on-one conversation. Um, I really feel like I can, I can look at a person and assure them that they have been, that they've been known, they've been valued, they've uh, been heard. Mm. And so I, I have often uh, received feedback that from whether it is colleagues or subordinates that, you know, even in co- tough conversations of, they felt like I, I, I at least feel like you listened to me and uh, took the time to explain uh, as well as listen. And, um, and I think that's important, you know, in a, in a, it's increasingly important in this, in this period of society where we are dominated by screen time hmm. and it's hard sometimes to really look into a person and leave, have them leave that conversation, whether it's you're in person, but you've got the buzzing the buzzing going on or the, you know, um, you're waiting for something uh, to come through on the phone, that distraction that, um, you know, there, that it, it doesn't allow for connectedness. And um, so I would encourage leaders today, um, intentionally sit down, look at your colleagues, your subordinates, your supervisors in the eye. And listen, really jot down notes. I'm notorious for my, uh, my, I think you do the same thing. My notebook goes with me everywhere. And regardless of what conversation I'm having, it's open to a new page. And I'm prepared to take notes because I'm, I, one, I need them for myself. But I think it also validates the person we're talking to that, wow, that he cares enough to even write down what I'm saying. Um, so I think that's important in, in today's society, particularly um, as we're still experiencing the implications of COVID, isolation, um, covering, distance, and, and those types of things to really capitalize on our on, on the assets of relationships. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, instant thing that came to mind there is you better because Laurel's been bucking you for 35 years about listening to her. Exactly. <laughs> so you've uh, you had the opportunity to be uh, trained well in that way. Um, but also, no, I, I have, I and I can give you a testament to that. I mean, I have noticed how present you are of a person. And it is such a breath of fresh air when, you know, as you mentioned, it's so easy to be distracted in today's society mm. and uh, just being able to be free of that, to really be present with people, I think um, uh, just really sets, you know, it, it's just noticeable. I was watching a documentary. I forget the name of it, but it's 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 new. I think as a 2022, it's a documentary both on Mother Teresa and some of the leaders that are still in place that had uh, lived with her 
from back in the day. Um, you know, she has her her um, houses, uh, the missions of charity are all over the world still. Yeah. And uh, they always talk about how like she was just the most present person that you've ever connected with and yes. that people really felt like they were in the presence of Jesus because of how important every little interaction was to her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just like that love that radiated from her. So I think that we as leaders, um, just have to take that, you know, do that gut check. Now, if you're hearing this, it's like just asking yourself, like, am I as present as I possibly can be in my business interactions? And, you know, especially like when, when times get tough and you're working through certain, you know, deadlines, it's easy to prioritize, um, operational responsibilities over people but as you mentioned we're in the people business and we're here as leaders to serve and to shape people's lives and so that's just a good reminder about um just being able to be really honest with ourselves if if we are actually keeping that priority and are we allowing some of those other things to take precedence over the importance of you know being with our our staff members that we should be treating them like our family members and loving them in that way so thank you for that that's amazing yeah, I'm, a, I'm a reminded if there's if there's ever a person who knew who she was. I mean, Mother Teresa, right? There was never she knew her calling. She knew her purpose. She knew her role and her ministry. Um, and, you know, whenever I have the opportunity to talk to young, aspiring leaders, particularly those that are, you know, very ambitious and want to sit in a C-suite job or CEO job at some point in their career. Something that was essential for me was I had to define, and someone probably challenged me with this back in my leadership training education, but we should be able to share within no more than 30 seconds, probably 10 or 15 seconds, who we are Hmm. end of the day. And so I challenged me. I said, if you had the opportunity to introduce yourself in no more than 15 seconds, who would you say you are as a person? And I give them the opportunity to work on that. And then I say, I'll tell you who I am. I'm a man of faith, I'm a family man, and I'm a fierce advocate for kids. Mm. And in the midst of all of the challenges and the struggles in life, it must be, I mean, you know what happens in the work environment and the in the challenges when you're sitting with when I'm sitting with a with one of my cabinet leaders and they're struggling through, I said, decision or a situation. I said, you gotta Right now, you got to ground who you are. Who are you? And once we get grounded and know exactly who, then the next next steps to decision, the next steps to understanding the circumstance or situation, I have found becomes a little bit more clear. So I would challenge our, our, our listeners, our viewers, if you haven't done that for yourself, if you haven't really defined who you are in the midst of the struggles and the challenges your purpose, your own specific purpose, you need to do that and uh, remind yourself in, in the toughest times. 
you know, you know Chris, my current circumstance and situation. Um, I served as superintendent of schools for um, four and a half years, and my tenure as a superintendent kind of came to an abrupt end um, with the changing of board, school board members and a political shift, and um, that's all I'll say about that. But my contract came to an end um, pretty pretty suddenly and unexpectedly, and I. There were, there were some of those days that it was like every couple hours, I had to remind myself, who am I? Hmm. None of those three things is superintendent of schools. My identity, my purpose, my person didn't change because I stopped being a superintendent. I was still a man of faith. I was still a family man. And I'm still a fierce advocate for kids. So... Um, I would I would challenge our our viewers um, to take the time to do that for yourself, particularly if you're you know immersed in some real challenge, because it'll ground you. It'll and don't notice who who I am was not based on a position. It wasn't based on a job. It wasn't based on a title. It's okay. This is who I know I'm supposed to be. Um, so. Kind of goes along with your own uh, vision, mission, values, purpose statement. So uh, that it came to my mind at the same time. So I love it. Thank you for for sharing more. And um, yeah, the uh, I just wanted to kind of two well two things. One, I wanted to ask you about some of your 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 biggest challenge that you're facing today. But I also wanted to give a plug for this ministry that's in um, White, Georgia, which is about no more than an hour and a half northwest of Atlanta City in Georgia. And um, the ministry is called Bear Creek Ranch. And uh, they're all about uh, deliverance and inner healing. And um, actually, the, the first retreat is about deliverance, but their second, they have kind of like a, a three-prong retreat system. Um, the first one being deliverance, the second one being kind of really focused around inner healing, and the third one about being able to heal through mission. But the second one, actually, one of the, uh, not to give away too much, but they ask that question and they make you stand up in front of all of the, the, the people on retreat and give that summary as to who you are. And um, it's really, it's really interesting that you, you know, it's, you, you know, you would think that the body of Christ and the people that have, you know, gotten to this point of, you know, going through the deliverance and the inner healing required through that journey to get to the second retreat that, you know, especially with the prayer that's required and, you know, discernment reflection to be able to be concise. And sometimes, you know, it was very clear that most people don't know the answer to that question. And I think you really nailed it that um, the more that you can, um, you know, get clarity around who you are and why you exist. I think that, you know, you're, you're, it just, it gives you clarity in some of those more difficult moments of life and leadership that can ground you and help you to know what are the, what is the next step and, and where are you supposed to be going? So yeah, that, that is a, I think solid wisdom in that way. Um, but Mark, uh, what is the the biggest challenge in your life presently? We'd love to be able to take that to prayer. I appreciate it. 
you know, I'm in this in this period of transition of of career transition, work transition, and uh, you know, I am known to be a man of faith. I mean, people I share that openly in my work environment, and and uh, people know that. And uh, you know, 29 years with the same organization, it's it's kind of like my family. It's you mm. know, and um, so I'm. I'm, I am now I am now having to really walk my faith. And the other thing that I'm working through is patience. And I realize this is not this is not profound. So some of you are going to go like, yeah, like, duh. But before this moment, maybe it was just momentary. I was like, oh, yeah, patience, faith. Those are kind of like mutually exclusive. Right. And that's not what I'm learning. That's not what I'm working through. Um, with God right now, he's like, wait a minute. If you are a man of faith, then you will be patient on my timing. Um, I was reminded uh, of the saying, God is never late. Uh, How does it go? Uh, He's he's never late. He's um, several ahead of time, but he's always just on time or something like that. It's like, you know, that's God's timing. You know, we don't understand his timing sometimes. So, and then when you think about the word patience, to have patience, you have to have faith that God's going to provide something that you don't see or foresee. And um, mm-hmm. so that's what I, I I have to remind myself of that daily. Um, given where I'm at, I, I, I use the word antsy. I'm getting antsy. And, um, and then I'm reminded patience faith faith patience so um you know your prayers to continue to walk that out to be the man of faith i um strive to be uh, but to then be patient on the lord and uh what what the future will hold because uh, we know um he takes care of his children so well so you know uh, I would love this to be a corporate prayer, meaning that if you're listening to this episode on the Virtues Heroes podcast, that you would join me in praying for Dr. Mullins uh, to pray for Mark in this season of transition that he's in. Um, it, Mark, the the first thing that comes to mind, I, I usually on on days that I record podcasts, I really try to stay extra prayerful because I don't want to. I, you know, as I prayed before we started this episode that I want the Lord to go first and, um, it's hard to, you know, allow Jesus to go first if I'm not listening to him. So I have to, you know, spend that extra time in prayer to be able to hear his voice. So today I, I, um, uh, my wife, um, brought baby Penelope out to, um, uh, out to a coffee meeting with a friend. And so I had the house to myself. And I decided to cook myself a nice lunch. And I usually listen to one of my favorite um, preachers right now, Justin Paul Abraham, giving a talk on the courts of heaven. And uh, one of the things that he said, I feel like he's, you know, it, the Lord highlighted it on my heart for you. And it's this, Justin is really big about, you know, entering into the gates of heaven and teaching others how to do the same. And he had said that, Oftentimes, when we see, when we're driven by the problems on earth, 
it's because of the fact that we're not going up enough. Hmm. Because when you when you enter the the gates of heaven through entering the door that Jesus opened for us by his death on a cross and interceding at the right hand of God our Father and that we're seated with him in heavenly places, that if we're heading up to heaven to, to gain heaven's perspective, I mean, God, Jesus taught us in the Our Father, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that means that we are supposed to be citizens of heaven and bring heaven down to earth. But if you're not there, how do you know what we're supposed to bring down? And so, yeah, so I just, I bless you with that, Mark, that in this season, I just make the prophetic declaration, Mark, that you'll be entering into heaven and that the Lord will be, you know, showing you how to bring heaven down to earth more fully in this season Yes to the patience, but I just sense, Mark, that the Lord is doing a new thing in your life. And uh, and and that new thing is being able to have a different set of eyes of faith. That we know that trials create uh, character, character, perseverance, and perseverance, hope. And that in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. So I just speak that over you, Mark, that that there is a hope and a future and one that's going to be even more elevated than what you were doing at Brevard. And Satan, take your hand off of our brother, Mark, and the angels from heaven, thank you for coming down to minister this word to be true, that Mark has got a hope and a future and that as a citizen of heaven, that as he's, he's being able to gain those stripes to, to be able to walk in the heavens and bring it, call it down to earth, that you would inspire heaven in his prayer life, that you would inspire heaven in his personal relationships, you would inspire heaven in his finances, in his social agenda, that heaven would invade every element of his life. And that, uh, you know, similar to the gift that you gave Mother Teresa, just that, that, that presence, that, that sticky, uh, delicious honey presence of God that would rest on Mark and every interaction that he has, that uh, every person that he interacts with would experience that presence of God. Even now, as he was talking on this podcast, that the presence of God is falling on people. And that their hearts are burning and that, that Lord, that people are just so in dire need of a move from God. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing at Asbury University and across college campuses in this country, that people are coming to experience your goodness, Lord, and your loving presence. And that that's only going to continue as revival happens across this country and Mark's new role as to what he's doing is going to be bringing that revival. Thank you, Lord, by as a man, a citizen of heaven that is bringing heaven down to earth and everything that he's doing. We praise your name, God. And that also starts on the family front so that him and Laurel uh, both would just be having more and more encounters with you in this season. And that from that love, that loving embrace, that commitment that they made to each other, that they would birth many, many spiritual children 
and that Mark and Laura would continue to be able to love them and bring them into the kingdom to help them to grow, to bring your glory to this earth. We praise your name, God. You're so good to us. And we pray this all through the mighty name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I received those prayers and uh, just give testimony that um, fellowship with a with a brother is uh, good for the soul and good for the spirit. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, no worries. Well, thank you for joining us on the Virtuous Heroes podcast, where our mission is to inspire virtuous leadership. And um, if if today uh, inspired you at all, or if if your heart was touched, we always love to receive feedback on the episode. So you can you know visit us on the web at spiritmco.com. And also feel free to share this episode to anyone that may need this, uh, you know, this uh, testimony, Mark's testimony of his life of perseverance and uh, patience and faith as well. So uh, we we love all you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today and uh, uh, hope to see you soon on the Virtuous Heroes podcast. Many blessings to y'all. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To continue to grow in virtue, will you please subscribe to the Virtuous Heroes podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify? Or you could also visit us on the web at www.spiritmco.com. That would be tubular. Hope you have an awesome day.